No matter how long I do this rock and roll thing, playing in this rock and roll game, no matter how much more music I've been exposed to, and no matter how far our band has taken us, I find myself knee-jerking back to my 14-year-old self. It's a world where Kiss rules and Metallica is number one. When discussions hover around the latest socio-political news items, I can lob over an opinion or two, but nothing gets me more pumped when I find a kindred spirit who, no matter what is going on in the world, would rather talk about Metallica. I can talk about Metallica till the cows come home. I can sit there with someone and discuss the boring trivialities of one of their songs or one of their albums into the wee hours. And I have, many times. My guess has been, if I like discussing them and listening to people talk about them, then maybe others would too. A few years ago, Jerry Seinfeld started an online series called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. It's a charming little show whose premise is summarized in its title, except that Seinfeld has a lot more money to put into production and to show off his impressive car collection. It's a neat little platform, but I knew if I was to do a similar show, it could only be about Metallica. Or Kiss, too, but, I mean, you know, Metallica for this episode. Almost immediately after I watched the first few episodes of Seinfeld's show, I thought of Josh and Jason Diamond, the Diamond Brothers of the band Puny Human, and who have directed many of our videos and our documentary, Bring on the Mountain, not to mention their appearance on episode number 86 of this podcast. In between takes, during breaks, and while having dinners, our talks would always lead back to a discussion about Metallica. Many theories, opinions, and ideas would be hurled back and forth, so I naturally thought of them first. Then, of course, Jim Rhoda, someone I met through the Diamonds, singer of Fireball Ministry, producer of Dave Grohl's Sound City documentary and Sonic Highway's HBO TV show, not to mention two past appearances on this podcast as well, episode number 78, and earlier this year, episode number 92 with Scott Reeder. Put those three guys in a room together with me to talk about Metallica, and you'll have a very opinionated lot indeed. I myself have gotten into a lot of trouble for my opinions on the band over the years, mainly from newbie Metallica fans who don't realize that true fandom for Metallica isn't without a hardline opinion. That's the natural fallout for a band when they've been around for over 30 years like Metallica have. When you truly love something, you can recognize its faults, you can criticize its faults, and still continue to love it. It's their peaks and valleys that endears them to you and makes you love them even more, warts and all. When I love a band as much as I love Metallica, it isn't blind adoration, it isn't unconditional like some hypnotized zombie, it's filled with passion and zest that mirrors the emotions that the band's music stirred inside me. So to all the internet haters who rammed my Twitter feed when Blabbermouth posted some supposedly negative tweet I wrote about Metallica one day, I say, go fuck yourself. I've been listening to Metallica when you were listening to the Backstreet Boys. Last September, while appropriately on Motorhead's motorboat cruise ship, fates conspired to have the Diamond Brothers, Jim Rhoda, and myself all on the motorboat cruise together. 
This, after all agreeing a year previous to do something similar to Seinfeld, where we talk about Metallica, so we had to do this. Of course, trying to film it would have been a nightmare, so we chose to keep the idea and bring it on the podcast. Now, even though this was recorded a year ago, I kept pushing this episode back for a number of reasons, mainly because I wanted to space out Jim Rota's appearances and wanted to space out the podcasts recorded on the motorboat. One thing led to another and almost a full year went by. So, look, I'm sorry about that, but I think the wait was well worth it. However, if you don't like Metallica, I gotta be honest with you here, this episode will be boring. I don't usually say this, but if that's the case, you should skip this episode. If you do like the band, well, enjoy this. It's four guys in a cabin on a boat wanting nothing more than to talk about Metallica. As previously stated on the other Motorboat podcast episodes, there is a noticeable hum, and that's just the natural hum of the cruise ship as we sail the seas. I should mention that this episode also marks Jim Rota's third appearance on the podcast, and thus he joins Barrett Martin, Duff McKagan, Damien Abraham, Wade McNeil, Brendan Canning, Ole Brulin, Nick Flanagan, JC, and myself in the Black Coffee Brigade, the podcast's small little group of people who have appeared on it three times or more. So congratulations, Jim. Also, thanks to Skull Candy Headphones and Blue Mic Microphones for their support of the podcast. This podcast supports Chino Locos restaurants for making fish burritos stuffed with chow mein noodles. Thanks to you for listening, and perhaps you've left a rating or a review on the iTunes store, so thanks for that too. And you know what? Thanks to Metallica for being the subject of this episode and for being such a great fucking band. Josh Diamond, Jim Rhoda, and Jason Diamond are this episode's guests on the official Danko Jones podcast. This smokes. I love this. I love this episode. And it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. They play the kid as Danko's crew will tell them for free. I'm sad, but I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from fucked up. Stop playing. Hang down, down. Why may I have to tell you, the Danko Jones podcast are the best podcast me ever hear in my life. Me and my girlfriend, them love to gather on the computer and listen every single episode. It's fantastic. You know, so them turn me on to so much exciting rock and roll band. Rock and roll people and some funny ass comedian. Yo, Nick Flanagan hilarious. And love to tear it up with Danko. What? You never hear Danko Jones podcast before? How are you there? Yeah, hi. What kind of rock you live under? Drop everything you do and go and go listen right now. Better yet, why you not make me come with you and listen? Me hear every episode already, but you don't know so it sounds even better the second time around. Inspirational, educational, motivational. Danko Jones Podcast. Fierce! <laughs> I guess we should preface this with like, okay, we're all big Metallica fans. So whatever yes. we say about the band, I don't care like who hears this and takes offense to it. Know that we're doing this because we love the band. Yeah, absolutely. That was like my, this is the, Metallica is the band that taught Jason and I how to play rhythm guitar 
You know, like sitting down with the Master Puppets tab book and just sitting in the living room and just ripping through it again and again and again. Because I don't know how to practice otherwise. Yeah, that's so all I can only play along with records, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't have the, I don't have the capacity to sit and be like... No, just put on a record that I like. I'll play along with it. And that's how you yeah. learn. So, yeah, so we're all big Metallica fans. So no matter what we say... Uh, know that we love this band. Which well, is why we can hate and love them at the same time. I think you're uh, like you do with people that you really, you really, love. really love. Because you just never write them off. Every single time they'll put out something, you'll yeah. check them. You'll check in and check. You them try. Out. Yeah. So I don't even know where to start because I was, I was I, the job was on me to come up with bullet points. And of course, just like a homework assignment, I didn't get it done. I, we could, I don't know if I don't know if any of you've seen it, but um, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, you know, because it's it's common nowadays, especially with the internet, for everybody to share their opinions, yeah, as if people care about them, which for the most part people don't, <laughs> um, but. It's moved away from the internet into now the real life where people will constantly come up to you and tell you what they think of something yes. to the with a degree of, of you know, um, faux expertise. Yeah. yeah, someone should just wear a like button on their shirt so you can just push it and make <laughs> it go away. And I like and, it, I like it. And, going. A, and a friend of mine had seen and watched the Metallica um, concert movie. Through the Never. Oh, mm-hmm. I saw it. And he was very angry. He was very upset. He was very sad. All of all of the all of the above. So I was like, "Well, I now I need to go watch it." So I I, I watched it on Netflix. I was working. I, we were on location working, and I watched it by myself. And when it was over, I thought to myself, "Okay, <laughs> how many bands today?" are taking their own money and making entertainment for their true. fans. It's true. Okay, I'm like... In 3D. Right. Either way, I'm like, okay, one. Pretty much. Maybe two. I said, number two. I, I, putting this into perspective of what a young Metallica fan would be into right now, this movie is awesome. It's exactly what, it, like, a forty-two-year-old man such as myself having an opinion about yes. this movie is is irrelevant. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like that, the whole point is to get a sixteen-year-old yeah, kid yeah. into Metallica who has who doesn't get a yeah. chance to see them because they don't play very often, right? Until yeah. they have new records, on right? Them. And who also needs to be, you know, entertained on another level because this person. At 16 or 17 today, they've been exposed to things that when we were 16 or 17, yeah. it, like it was the stuff of yeah. science fiction movies. Exactly. <laughs> my, my problem with it, and I agree with you 100%, my 42-year-old opinion of it, <laughs> is that they... I totally get the concert yeah. stuff, and it was shot awesomely, and you know, I have my own... You said it was a good set list. It was, a, it was actually a good set list, and... 
the uh, it's just the whole contrived thing of like oh no a piece of the set fell everybody okay we're gonna do this garage style now and like just the way it used to be and I, I don't know I got a little bit of a I brought yeah, my douche blanket to the theater old. with me right because you're but an old my cynical man that is true but my bigger problem was and I get all that and I, it's fine it is what it is <laughs> but they added this whole you know storyline of Dane DeHaan yeah. trying to find this bag that potentially has Cliff Burton's soul in it or something I don't know what you, yeah, how you it was explain schlocky. it but, I mean, the but part, there wasn't but, enough of it like yeah. it's like they had some then a song and they had some then a song and then like six songs go by and back to it and you're like wait what oh we have a story like I don't know I I felt like they could have balanced that better, and and then I would have they would have had me a little more because the story was kind of cool, and the way they ended the movie. Did you see it? Thank you. Yeah, I did. I love the Orion at the end was great with the bag and the, you know, I was I was in at that point. Did did Robert Trujillo have a bandaid on the back of his neck like Marcellus Wallace? Where they sucked <laughs> his, they soul sucked his soul out. But in see, this, case. this is what remember I went off top, <laughs> off the record, or at least on the record because they're sitting here now. This is we, we're talking about how you guys can take it to a level <laughs> just in one statement. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> case in point. Then in the Eisenstein sequence, there was a. <laughs> I think it's going to be a tag team thing, but I think we're all agreeing here. Yeah, yeah. that's well, yeah, yeah. Again, I didn't see the movie, that, so I, I have zero. I but again, that's, that's I really liked it a lot. Yeah, because you were you were the like I'll be fifteen right now. Yeah, yeah. and you have to you have yes. to approach everything no, you do course. from here on in yeah. with that mindset. Of course, and the same goes for Death Magnetic. I, I went up to I love Death Magnetic, and then when I went up to a friend of mine, I go, "What do you think of the new album?" He goes, "No master of puppets." I'm like, "Well, yeah, because <laughs> you've been living not. with it yeah. for a quarter century, and you've no, got all these think, life experiences that think, are attached." to I don't these think songs. that's true. I think if you if the record, I'm, and it, listen, every band has a peak whether I'm not you know after the peak it's either really far down or it's just a little down mm -hmm. but there's a peak and I think we can all agree that Master Puppets was the peak yeah and and then it's been a little kind of bumpy road from Seriously there bumpy. you know yeah. but <laughs> the, the problem with Master Puppets is also the greatest thing about it it's that no one had done that of course at that point in you know that kind of music. They kind of did it on the album before, but not no way, like not, to that, not to that level where they brought it like you know to the arena. You know, like it was you know like all the. It's, oh, I see it, what you mean. Yeah, it's like a perfect storm. You know, like you you write you write pretty much three records back to three great records back to back. Any one of those three records could have taken them to the level that they got, and, right. and it, all of us in this room having been in or. And, are in and having been in bands you know you have you I talk about this all the time with people it's like you you it could have happened to them on the record before no problem that record is just as good as Master yeah, of Puppets it's just that the timing and getting the Aussie tour and getting yeah. those things and all that stuff that happens now looking back and knowing it's how this cultural touch points yeah you're that, riding that the wave of art stuck to it yeah you're riding the, the music uh, that kind of music at the time was Peaking, and they were sort of on the crest. also 1986, which is like the which year. is what Dan Tango just said. Like you get attached to that romantic idea that they, you know, like 
you know, the, the, the four fucking talisman. We could take this over their heads now. The, the four <laughs> talisman in the box were, like, glowing at their brightest, yeah. if you will. And, you know, like, but, like, they, it, that's, not, that's, that's not what happened. Like, it was just all those things added up to that moment. And that's how it, everything is. Like, you know, any band is that way. Guns N' Roses is that way. You know, Nirvana is that way. Yeah. Like, anything that happened like that. Right place, happened. right time, yeah. good music, good yeah. sort of everything. Song. Yeah, everything just, had to be, yeah. And then it was like kaboom. So yeah. you know, like everyone, everyone in this room, we could go around in a circle and and touch on records that are just as good as all the biggest records that have ever happened that no one's ever heard. But it was just because oh, you well, you put that record out at a time when the, the people didn't need that record. Yeah. So therefore, yeah, exactly. Enjoy yeah. working at UPS. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Delivering the record of bands <laughs> that, that are making it. And now you fly an Amazon drone. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, let, I, I saw those. We, we, Danko and I met this woman upstairs, and um, she was from Long Island, and we took a picture with her, and she was saying. I said, "Oh, where are you from?" She said, "Farmingdale." And I was like, "Oh, I was like, mm-hmm. I went, I saw, I went <laughs> to a lot of shows in Nassau Coliseum." And she was like, "Oh yeah." She was, "I saw Metallica, Ozzy you there?" And I was like, "In '86, I saw that too." And she was like, "Oh no, my dad's the best." <laughs> but I remember that night. I went with my mom, and my mom, uh, you know, we we so we watched the show. My mom just took me to shows because I, I hadn't met somebody else's older brother yet that could go to shows. So <laughs> my mother had to take me, and uh, my friend, my mom took myself. Yeah, but your mom was the kind of person that you wouldn't mind going to. A yeah, show. yeah. I was gonna say that. like I can't picture me and my mom going to. A <laughs> that's the show. that's the difference. Like yeah. you're not there like. You're not there with your mom in a no. in an almost famous style where she's like nerding out from the like whistling at you from the station wagon. Mom's she's like no. there with you, like having the, fun. Dads of One Direction, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not like that. But after the show, I remember like we watched both you know both bands, and my mom was just like, she's like the band that played before Ozzy was way better, <laughs> and I was like, you know, that's like a the, cool mom, I mean, but <laughs> totally like not not like no 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 pretense, yeah, just yeah. like. I don't know this music. Yeah. And I, will, I like going, this better. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what was better based on nothing. Like no, no, yeah, 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 no yeah totally. And it was it was a trip. I'll never forget that. And like you're looking back on that now, thinking about that, just being like, they were that good. Like they were that good. Where they were, that band was more stoked to be playing with their like one of their ultimate heroes of mm-hmm. their entire lives than anyone in that whole place. And they blew him off the fucking stage. Like it was. Night and day, crazy. That was, what, was that ultimate sin? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, which is a, <laughs> so a, a slight like, waning period in 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 <laughs> Hey, speak for yourself. I like dude, ultimate whatever. sin, but I'm saying you know, uh, I'm not it's, a big fan at that all. That was the that was the pop that like just again. Yeah. Just I'm in. I'm he in, just I, dude. I'm in. A, I'm in. hundred percent. Black Rain. The, the Phil Susan, <laughs> Randy Castillo rhythm section alone. That could, that's a that's a podcast unto itself. The the Tammy Faye Baker Ozzy <laughs> era. Yeah. Listen of the, the, the of the black and yellow stripe sequence. Yeah, Matrix yeah. Uh, trench. Somebody, oh, Dave, Dave, girl, not to you know be that dick, but. He he showed me a picture one day where he was at some thing, like he was doing some interview somewhere, and it was like at a prop house. And he sends me this picture of him standing next to the giant 
like Ozzy like demon go, thing get, from Ultimate Sin. Yeah, like the tour oh, that he came down on, like when right. it opened up and oh, then Ozzy man. was in it. It yeah. was like it was like like <laughs> mutant Ozzy, yeah, like a giant mutant Ozzy head, Muzi head with wings yeah. or whatever. And then it like and then it like came down from the the, the lighting ring and it opened up and Ozzy came out on it and he was just so happened to be somewhere where that thing was like sitting in a warehouse, right? And I was like, holy shit! I was like, sit in the seat. Yeah. Did he get your picture taken in the seat? Did he? Did he? No, because he was like, what well, the like, hell is that? And I was like, oh. Why is that? Like, why is that still around? I mean, it's I awesome that it is, but like, some dude, that's like, ah, I gotta throw that it's away. Almost thirty Next years year. old. That thing. I bet we could rent that. Totally. Well, I bet you could buy it. That's yeah, probably. like Rollins has the Thin Lizzy. He bought that that sign. That's oh yeah. Oh really? Yeah, the lit, lit one. Uh, with all the, oh wow. Well. They should sell that off. Dude, John. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but John works for Kiss. You know, in town. Um, in LA, he he does all their in town from cartage. Fireball. Yeah, John, our, the guy that plays drums, he has a, a company, Cartage Company, owns, and their his company does all the in town cartage for Kiss. And I just, I always, he's he's very respectful of them and doesn't ever say anything. But I know he goes to their warehouse all the time, and I know the things that are in that <laughs> warehouse, like the things that you would want to see. Like he goes to Mecca on yeah, a regular he, basis. Yeah, he's like, whatever, it's, it's work. Yeah, he's like, I don't know Your what he's talking there. about. But like the, the light up, I'm sure there's a K-I-S-S light up. <laughs> that he's walked by. Oh yeah, like 600,000 times. Yeah. You could throw oh, there's a box bo- there's, truck. There's a bulb and, out in the middle of the eye. Right. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't move his smallest tone. No, he's like, shit, I'm late. You know, whatever. He's like, <laughs> you, that's what he's They saying. need people. They need to hire people. They need to surround themselves with people like that. Not yeah. like people like us. No, like, of course not. There's no work gets done. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> he says that all the time. Oh, look, oh, oh, look at that. He's like, it's one of the hardest <laughs> bands to like work, like to find people to work for because there's too many fans. Too many fans. Like, yes. Where it's like, the guys that want to work for them obviously know who they are and love right. them too much. Well, now we got to find the warehouse that has the Master of Puppets stage set. Yeah, with Cross the crosses. Rod. Yeah, there's a, a, there's a couple things. There's a few maiden stage pieces that if I, you know, had fuck you money, a couple of fucking wasp stage pieces, trust wasp. me. Oh my God, don't even get me started. I did get you started on Twitter. Was it you that we were going back, yeah. like just incorporating wasp song titles yes. in each tweet? So I'm going to lay out my theory of Metallica and why the records have gone up and then back down. Which is a theory most of us agree with. I think I we think. might agree with, but no one has no one has to uh no one has to agree until, you know, I won't I won't blanket say everyone agrees before I'm start. Of course. So the perfect storm happens of Mustaine uh, Hetfield, Ulrich, and Burton mm-hmm. post McGovney. Yes, and for a very brief and and for for that brief perfect storm moment, they write a ridiculous amount of riff songs and content, mm-hmm. which filter down through all three records. Even though Mustaine doesn't have credit on Master Puppets, we know Leper Messiah that he wrote songs yeah, and riffs all be. the way through. Sure, puppets they were using stuff. So you have Kill 'Em All. Which is a full those four guys tunes, yes. right? Then you have Ride the Lightning, which is the 
more mixture of Mustaine weirdness, but starting to get into the Burton and really have more heavy Burton influence. And then you have and Hammett and Hammett some, but then you have Master of Puppets, <clears throat> which is the dregs of Mustaine riffs. And I don't mean that in a qualitatively, just in in sure. qual in a quantity, right? And then you get to Master of Puppets, which is mostly Burton influence. We, I think we can agree that it's more that the orchestration and the counterpoint and the classically kind of stuff in there. Well, it's also just more refined. And the more songs refined. Are more refined. Yeah. Um, and Mustaine not, is not a refined dude. He's like a fucking balls on the dashboard at going on well, miles an hour. Well, and they were all super young, too. Yeah, like, yes. So, like, they were just like, I came up with this cool part. We have to figure out how to, like, one of the things that you love so much about, like, what do you call it? Uh, yeah. What the fuck is that song? What? Uh, like, Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck am I singing? I know, I know. Phantom yeah. Lord? Yeah. 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 The thing about Phantom Lord that's so rad is it's like 26 songs put together. Yeah. yeah, but like, that's, but it all works. But, yeah, and but like that's how like but eighteen then, year olds yeah. think. So then, at the end of my theory, you get to Justice for All, which is no Mustaine and the dregs of Burton, quantitatively of Burton, and then it's just you look at every yeah. record it's from Hetfield then and on. Ulrich left there their is own devices. no similar, similarly quality riff. I don't think Jason on any record post that. Post Justice for All. I don't know. I, not not I to the know. level. So what are you saying? Headfield? I'm saying that I think that Mustaine and Burton's influence was the strong was enough. the was strong enough to make the four of them the the perfect storm. Not that Burton, not that Hetfield and Ulrich are less than. Yeah, but I you, think that was the. But you can argue that. <laughs> when that was all gone, that's when they became. Like, but I'm not talking. But I'm not talking about. But I'm not talking about success. Right. I'm talking about, in my opinion, quality of music. They became the biggest band yeah. in the world because of those albums, though. Because all the radio guys were wanting to play them. Because everyone was wearing the T-shirts from those three albums. Yeah. And it was yeah. Just I mean, they had like, already built. Yeah, but, but they had built that base for themselves. <laughs> they had the. They, they had the. Really they, they broke the wall with yeah. one. Do like, you really on think Justice, Enter Sandman like, was the song to fucking break Metallica? It could have been anything. It could have no, been Happy Birthday. It's not. It's not true. It's just packaging true. a three-minute format. But and they but they made that choice by going with Bob Rock. Yeah, they were like, yeah. we're going, yeah, we're going yeah, to the top. And I'm not, they're not getting, I'm not you know, Terry to do their record with nobody. I want I'm a Ferrari. not denigrating. Yeah. I don't want a Corvette. <laughs> and that's, yeah. I want a Ferrari. And that's yeah. fine. <laughs> and I'm not. I want to look like the cowardly choices. lion yeah. in a Ferrari. I'm not denigrating those choices or saying that they shouldn't be the size band that they are because yeah. they should be this big if they only made those three, four records. Right. Here's the thing. When in you, my opinion. And this, I, I've had this conversation a lot, especially with the King guys, because working on having worked on their record, you know, last year, you know, like of course we all can sit here at our age and it, all right, I'll tell you this: this is the story that will sum this all up. I have a really good friend named Rob Schnaff, who's a producer. He did the, like the three of the biggest Elliott Smith records. He's like a total did Beck, right? Yeah, Beck. He's he's a genius. I think he would die if he ever heard me talking about him like this. The guy's incredible talent. An amazing guy. He's also f- from Jersey and like a super hard rock fan. Like he's the kind of guy that like will be like, "You ever heard of that record, Axis?" And you're like, "Oh my god, how do you know that?" Or like, "You know who's a really good fucking drummer? It's Bobby Caldwell." You know, like you're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, right," because that's what people say. So, but he 
we were hanging out one night and and we started talking about ACDC and he was like well, what do you think? he's like what do you think their best record is and again he's about 10 years older than me so he was like I was like well I I mean there's my favorite record and then there's their best record and then and then he really then his eyes and then his eyebrow really went up like oh you know like <laughs> now tell me what you're going to say I'm like well my favorite record is Power Age but their best record is Back in Black. And That's exactly what I'd say. And he was like, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I was like, why? And he goes, because Brian Johnson's bullshit. And I was like, and then I like, I paused, I took pause, and I said, okay, ex- explain yourself. And it was like, he was there... That like he was an ACDC fan before Brian right. Johnson joined right. the band. He, 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 the band. he had those eight, ten years. Yeah. He was there. He heard ACDC happen. Like he heard it from like his his kill em all was yeah. fucking high voltage, right? Like that's the thing. Like he heard it. Like that was the first thing he heard was high voltage. So he's like, holy shit, this is the most amazing band ever. Bon Scott dies. They get a new singer. And he's like, that's the biggest record they ever had. He's like, fuck that band. (laughs) And I'm like, this is the exact parallel to my generation and Metallica. (laughs) Yeah, true. Which you're just like, it's true. But I'm not saying fuck that band. But it's but there is a. But you did at that point. At that point, there is a distinction. We all sat in somebody's fucking Ford Bronco. In my case, Luke (laughs) Littell's, the guy that got in Patego and ate the guy's armpit, (laughs) and listened to fucking Enter Sandman on the single that he bought before it all came out. He put it on. We sat in the fucking Bennigan's parking. <laughs> Morristown, New Jersey. I don't remember this day at all. And we just were like, "Fuck this band, fuck them forever." That's it. I and was then, in. I was in my then see? my nineteen year old. Like the Kennedy yeah, yeah, I was in my then nineteen year old. I was nineteen. I was like in my girlfriend's parents' house in Nanuet or whatever, yeah. and. And I was like, "Oh, today's the day the new Metallica video." Like I hadn't heard anything, and I went into her kitchen on her little tiny TV. And I turned on MTV, and within like ten minutes, it came on, and I just sat there, like slack jawed, because not only is the song not that good, but the video <laughs> is on. worse. The video is worse with the now I lay me. D- I when that part came on, I think I might have sharded yeah, myself. Yeah, but that's what makes that's what made Carla Rota like Metallica. Carla Rota can like Metallica. I was, like that. I was fine. working. I was working. By the way, Caroline. that's my sister. I love you. I'm I'm just using you as an example yes. because you're normal. I was working Caroline Records in the warehouse, and I and I took the vinyl. I, I was like, oh, new Metallica record, it's out. And I went to the warehouse Smell and I the took glove the is fucking out? the record, and I'm like, oh, and I went home and put it on, and I was just like. What happened? What? But you want to know something, guys? And I'll say it on this podcast because we're among friends and we got support here and we're all together. I felt the fucking same way when I heard fucking Injustice for All. Really? Like fucking that intro to Black and Heaven and the fucking guitar orchestra and you're like, holy shit, man. And then all of a sudden the fucking snare drum thing happens and yeah. they're like fucking full fucking speed or like pretty like mid speed fast speed and fucking like the first hit happens and you're where's the bass yeah yeah what's going on yeah why you got a new bass player i saw a picture of him and go listen to that record oh i know when we leave you'll be like what the fuck happened well you know the friend our friend ray amico played bass he recorded bass on the record and sent it to them 
and, and <laughs> with a sticker on the <laughs> sticker on the front. Said, now with bass. Now with more bass. <laughs> and Hetfield referenced it in some article. He's like, yeah, some guy sent me a disc, you know, a CD with, with, uh, you know, even and Newstead even was like, yeah, when we were going out on tour, I'd put that record on to like go back and practice my parts and realize okay, I can I play can, anything I, I want, want because nobody knows what the fuck I was playing. <laughs> what the hell right, was I right. doing? But I, but 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 that goes back to my original theory point, which is. There were still good songs on that record, but it was the wane. You could you could feel the wane See, of the. I, I, it I, wasn't the full drop off. I of, like that of, record. It wasn't I, I the full drop off of of the black record. The black album again, like at 40, for me at forty two years old, looking back on it now, like having been through the fucking ringer of this merciless business, like I cannot understand that record more. At this point, justice? No, uh, black, black album. Like I, I can't. Like, like I, I understand that record on the highest fucking level possible. Well, well you're, after, like, that's a business level. But they're not just, a, They're at a. That's point, a different issue. It's not even a business level. It's like it's at. It that, is. Like, that's a business. You you're making it a business decision when you said, "Oh, well, I don't want to drive a Corvette. I want to drive this." That's a. But that's, that's a that's business the and money part. decision. But the reality part but is, that's the it's truth. like. I want this to last forever. Yes. I want this to be of course. what I do for the rest of my life. Which means we need to be played on the radio. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that, that's because that's more MTV than a at that point level. was well, still, but I'm not. But I'm not rock. Was I'm still not small. intimating that they're disingenuous. Disingenuously, if that's a word, <laughs> writing those records. Yeah. They they're pumped on those records. Those are their records. I'm not saying that they're doing it to make money and say, well, fuck it, we made the stuff we wanted to make, now we're going to make radio rock. But yeah. they're also they... sick and tired of playing seven-minute songs. They wanted exactly. to get to the chorus as yeah. fast and as possible. And that's fine. I'm not saying that the decision was wrong. I just don't like that decision and where it went. And I love, and I'm happy that they're successful. No one deserves to be more successful I have, than those dudes. I have a totally right? different take on it. When Justice came out, I was so pumped on those three albums. They could have farted a record, and I would have <laughs> loved have Justice. And then when the Black Album came out, I made myself like it. Right. And now, like, the time's passed. I can't... T- I, there's two songs I can listen to that. Holier Than Thou, and uh, I can't even... A Wolf and Man or something? Yeah, yeah. something like to, that. Yeah. To, to me, after the Never, Sabbath Through the Never... Sabbath True I'm is, done. You're crazy. But that's I'm also done. the flip. That's and also that, the Hetfield flip. You talk about a riff. Like, give me that riff once in my life. That fucking riff. <laughs> oh, t- tell me about I mean? it. Like, I'll, I'll fuck out. That's like the fucking riff in that one Pantera song. The fucking... I'm like... Why, God, didn't you give me that? Yeah, you know, I, I, it's a southern, wicked riff. Southern <laughs> riffs, really loud. Perfect. No. Fuck you, Texas. <laughs> no, so, don't so, get me wrong. Sabbath True is incredible. But, yeah, I get it. Like, it's so, like, at the, it's, you couldn't turn on, like, wherever I may roam. I remember I felt like that was the only video MTV had for a while. Like, yeah. Where you were like, you turned it on, you were like, Wow, weird. That song's on again. Well, yeah. also Wayne Isham was like yeah. the king. Of, like anything he made, he could have pissed on fucking celluloid. Yeah, he did the like, boys oh, to yeah. man in the desert, and then straight to Metallica. But again, yeah. like perfect storm. Like, yeah, they just, like, and they picked the right. Was, they made the right yeah. decisions. Ding, 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 That's ding, ding, the guy. But right? even worse for me because I can go back and I can forgive the Black Album and embrace it in the pantheon of what they now have released. Uh, but. The fact that they, band. but the fact that they that they, when they did load was like their kiss on mask. It was like the bigger news was that they had cut their hair, 
than well, that they had actually well, made a record. At, look at you know what, what I mean? was going on then. You no, know, I like, get it. Like I know metal, why they did it, but I was like, say an uncooler word in the world than metal. Like I know you couldn't like pedophile was the, the word right above it. Like it was like metal number two, pedophile number one. Like that was how it was. So they were like f- I, f- I felt bad for all those guys. I feel bad for them now because all those images are still up online. Oh, yeah. And there's Kirk and Lars with eyeliner yeah. looking all sad. <laughs> trying then, to do the thing that they they're, they don't... That's that's part in... Not to interrupt you, I swear, but it, that part in some kind of monster where fucking Kirk just has the breakdown with the solos, you know, like... And, and Lars looks at him and he's like, yeah, maybe, maybe you don't need solos or whatever. And Kirk's like, our fucking name is Metallica. Yeah. The word metal <laughs> is in <laughs> our name. <laughs> You know, like he's like, he's, he's like, like, what the fuck am I gonna do if I don't solo? Yeah. Like, that's all fucking, I do. I don't even play rhythm on the record. Killing me, yeah. You're fucking killing yeah. me. Go buy some art. Yeah. Leave I don't me even alone. get to play rhythm on the record. Just give yeah. me my solo. Yeah. That's so oh, funny, that's man. But that, you know, it's poor, true. poor band. <laughs> Again, you know, like we all know, we all, you know, look, every band is the fucking same. Like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how much money the band has. Like it's all the same. Like it's all it's the same dynamic. Yep. In Look, every Hetfield, single man. Yep. If I met Hetfield now, our our comparable old selves, mine and his would I would be like, Whatever. What's up, dude? Like my fourteen year old self would be fucking Yeah, yeah. Like my oh, exactly. shoes like, yeah, yeah, would no. be filled with fucking dude. I agree. He maintains he maintains all of his coolness. Yeah. Like I don't care. Like I'm the same way. I feel yeah. the same way. Like that. At one point, that motherfucker was more important to probably the four people in this room than any family member. True. Like he. Oh, could, wow. <laughs> he could, what he said, like you would listen to him before you would listen to your dad. There was yeah. the moment. Oh, I like, see. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like two sure. years there where you would be like. Yeah, James, you tell me. I don't listen. I don't listen to that guy. He just pays for everything. What you're saying. Yeah, but and that's why for me. Yeah. Uh, Jason, since our voices sound very similar, and I don't want anyone to think that Josh might say this. <laughs> that's why. I don't the, know what that's gonna mean. That's why the. That's why for me. Yeah. The 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 Hetfield vocal flip that oh, happened. Yeah. Oh, at, the talk yes. singing at the Black Record was the larger knife in the heart. For me, I agree right? with that because James Hetfield, the the reluctant singer, rhythm guitar player, right? Because what they, he tried to hire uh, yeah, yeah. Danzig to sing for them at some point, right? Like just <laughs> like the the guy who's the imagine the guy who 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 doesn't even yeah. really kind of want to be there in some capacity. Like he's like, I want to be Malcolm Young. Like I just want to sit in the back and drink with like fucking coasters. That made night. me only love him more. I know when I read that, I was like, "Dude, was like, you're fucking you fucking rule," because your lyrics are great and you sing. It's awesome, yeah. and he like, looks great, and he looked he fucking like awesome to take the that. new Lemmy kind of. Thing. Absolutely, yeah. the fucking long blonde hair, skinny dude with the just like. You know, he's the quarterback. He's the quarterback who didn't hang out with the jocks. Yeah. Right, and when you when you are so fucking badass. 
that what it says on the sticker on your guitar is as important <laughs> as any, you know, like, we all know the four <laughs> assholes sitting in this room can tell you what that fucking guy's explorer said. Yeah. Yeah. There's the eat fuck, there's the more beer. beer. Yeah. You're like, we're fucking idiots. Yeah. That was like Pete Townsend's like the five. Exactly. Or the three. You're but like, we no, whatever. gave a shit for no reason. <laughs> like, we just gave a shit. You're like, man, I was like, I'm gonna so play cool. green Tortex pigs because that's what every day plays. Black, I'll be just black, like him. Black strap. Yeah, yep. got yeah, a black black knit like yeah. cotton yeah. strap. That's Earth it. three, man. Earth three. Assholes. This, yeah. this cabin <laughs> is filled with assholes. Well, when we played uh, Download in 2004, there's this whole thing where Lars Ulrich uh, could was couldn't make it. Right. So they had to find for the whole day during the whole day backstage. Because their Metallica world was sandwiched right with all the other dressing rooms next to catering. So all the bands were there. Uh, Korn, Slipknot, Slayer, everyone was there. And so they were basically not auditioning, but they were getting... Like polling? Yeah, drummers from different bands to play a couple of songs. So Joey Jordanson played some songs. Lars's Tech played some songs. Lombardo Uh, Lombardo played some songs. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So we were all there. Every one of the guys in all the bands, including myself, was just, we were all listening in because we could hear them going through. That's so crazy. Yeah, it was cra- Everybody was buzzing about what it. What an experience. Yeah. I was in seventh heaven because I was <laughs> so close. So finally the time comes where they have to drive to the stage. So, um, you know, Rob, Tru- uh, Kirk Hammett comes out and everyone's like, yeah. So basically I'm hanging out with like Hatebreed's there uh, Nikki's Brides of Destruction are there. Um, uh, um, what was the uh, not Hell Yeah, not Pantera, but oh yeah, uh, Don Damage Dags. Plan. Damage, Damage Plan, Plan was all yeah. there. All those dudes were all there, and of course everyone's kind of getting drunk. Mm-hmm. Kirk Hammett comes, ah, Kirk, and Kirk like waves to his buds and whatever. Rob comes out. Rob actually like goes back to everybody, shakes like his buds band, his friends uh hands. Right, well because he's like the he's like the junior that got, you know, drafted yeah. to the varsity team. So he's everybody's <laughs> he's friend. Like, hey, he's such up? a nice guy. Yeah, and man. he's a nice he's guy. So Absolutely. Nice. Hetfield comes out, no one says anything, everyone parts ways. Yeah. I'm looking at the guys yeah. who I have albums of looking at James. Yeah. And there is so much yeah. respect. Yeah. And he and James is like focused on the the limo. Yeah. He doesn't look at anybody. Nobody talks. No one says James. No one says anything. And he just comes out with a smile. He looks eight feet tall. And I just remember him going, all right. And he just walks. He doesn't make eye contact. No one wants to bug James. So it was um, it was a, so a great. That's moment. like that scene in, in fucking Goodfellas when they, when he's like when he's a kid and he's like one day they even carried my mom's groceries home for it. You know why? Out of respect. It's just like yeah, you don't fuck. Don't fucking. You don't gotta talk to him. You don't fuck with him. He made you up. Yeah. Yeah. He made up the whole this whole fucking festival. He made yeah. up. Yeah. He made up the whole thing. Yeah. It was so. It was that was a moment where I was like. Wow, so all these dudes think exactly. Yeah, that's what's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. To to the point of when we were in LA at some point, uh, hanging out with Jim, we went to Downey, to the town that he lived in, to the black metal store (laughs) in fucking Downey. Wow. We're like, 
He probably ate at that McDonald's. Yeah, like the first <laughs> yeah, like McDonald's the... ever's there. Yeah. By the yeah. way, in case you never wanted to eat it. There. Yeah. But it's like Hatfield and McDonald's comes from <laughs> yeah, the same Downey. town. Yeah. Right, right. I think he, he I think he's I don't know if he's over lost one billion served for his both. Steam, <laughs> but I think his trademark look he just hasn't kept it up the same way Lemmy has throughout all the years. Yeah. So that's why I think people are lost in terms of like the brand of that Hetfield look well, has kind of been lost because he cut off his hair. He, now you know, he's sleeved. He's, he's got like a family. To his yeah. Showed a lot of his you know. personal life to yeah. everyone. But the thing that was like, so awesome about Metallica was they had no tattoos. Cliff was the only one who had one tattoo, and it was a Misfits skull. That's a great point. And you're like, I mean, not that I, I, the 80s wasn't a huge tattoo band time anyway, yeah. but still, like, the like it's it's a weird thing that like that like. Slayer and Judas Priest and Ozzy and Metallica and all the dudes who were big in the eighties who had no tattoos really. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy did, Ozzy but not really. like sleeves. Kerry like, King did too. He had not. He wasn't like he not was like he is now. Not, but not like, Dawn and, the Dusk and, and not right. fucking <laughs> and not Halford with the yeah, fucking yeah, head yeah. tattoo. It's just so interesting that they all went for the tattoos in like their forties. In like their, their like, third, it's true. And I noticed that later. Like, Arias has a sleeve, right? Headfield's got almost. Headfield's heavily. Headfield, oh, yeah, to the neck. Sleeve with the knucks and the knuckles, and he went into the rockabilly thing, yes. right? And, yeah. and he went that his car culture, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which you can do when you can. Kerry King car turned in, and... turned into more of Kerry King. Yeah, <laughs> if that was possible. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to wear a spike wristband anymore. I'm just going to tattoo my. That's another band that like that's a tree on my knuckles. That's another band that like. At, at their at their at their best at their like peak performance Season with the guys was... just with just like with that core of dudes it is a force that you oh, can't yeah. put into words I mean like and fucking Gary Holt is a fucking amazing guitar player and he is ju- like going to see them with Gary is is amazing and it's still great and, and he's from the same yeah exactly line, it's awesome know? but like man just talk about just what a fucking what a force like just just such a fucking thing like and like it's it's a bummer because like now it's become like a war like a war cry like yes or like you know like i don't know there's like a like people i remember when you you couldn't like people like didn't even want you to know you know like yes, you didn't want people exactly. to know that you listen to that band because you're like I, you know what i don't want the connotation that it's yeah. going to bring on to me by you your opinion of it, was me to yeah, it was a secret yeah it was a secret yeah, so it's just it's funny now that it's like a thing, you know. Like, well, I went to a I went to an all boys Catholic school, and so there's a, there's this guy. No he, wonder. No. <laughs> well, there's this guy, and he he you know he he didn't pick on me, but he would always like whatever. So one day he stole the Rain and Blood tape out of my bag, and I didn't know he did. I was just like, oh fuck, I lost it. Then he brought it back the next day because he it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> We were saying Jim, you and I were recounting the other day how we saw we were we were in the same show but didn't yeah. know each other. The so far so good so what? No, Megadeth. It was at the yeah, old Ritz. It was right when it came out. Right, and then they came back and played at the Capitol Theater in Passaic. Right, I saw but, that too. But at the at the old Ritz, which is now Webster with Hall, with the Crumb Suckers, it was right. Crumb Suckers and Megadeth right before they went to do Donington for the first time. Right, and that was the first set of shows without Chris Poland 
Yeah, well, Jeff, no, because that Young. record, Jeff Young was on that record. I think he it was, was the on tail, that record. I think it was the tail end because Chris Poland was playing with them. So that was the tail end of the Peace Sells tour. Was it? Maybe. Yeah, yeah Jeff was, Young yeah. Was, Jeff Young played was, on the so yeah. far. Right. So okay, far, so, so good, was they the, didn't play in the city. They played right. at the at Right, Capitol okay, so Theater. yeah, so it was right. the end and, of yeah. Peace Sells. Yeah, that was Megadeth Warlock and Sanctuary at the Capitol Theater. Yes. Yeah. Well, we had Crumb Suckers. No, that was a different I know, but I'm saying that was Crumb Suckers. And my brother and I were so fucking, we were like, who's that dude? That's not Chris Poland. And they're like, oh, top man, Jeff Young. We're like, what? No. <laughs> What's going on? It's crazy. I want to see Chris Poland. Yeah. And, then, and then I said to Jim, which I think I've told him before, like three weeks later, we went to see Circle Jerks at Irving Plaza. And they're like, this is our new bass player, Chris Poland. And we're like, what? <laughs> what is going on? You're like, you're like theorizing. He's like, he was just hanging out in New York like, well, I don't know. What am I going to? Oh, hey, the guys in the Circle Jerks are here. What's up, dude? The new yeah. bass player. Yeah. 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 Open some bass and Jerk and Jerks. And we're like, what is happening? That's the craziest thing. And like only an L.A. story. Like we moved, we, you know, Emily and I from our, from my band moved to L.A. and started our band, and then got a room at this at this place called Downtown Rehearsal, where all of these bands rehearse, like all the bands in L.A. rehearse, and. The, the first time we go to pay our rent at the building, like there was this other, some dude, Chris, I think was his name. He was, or no, it was like Steve or something. And he was like, hey, when you pay your rent, pay Chris, the other guy here that runs this, the, the, the building. And I was like, okay. So I go to like the office that month, first month to pay our rent. And it's fucking Chris Poland. <laughs> like running the fucking like rehearsal facility. And I was just like, yeah, you know, like you have that moment where you see him, and then like you're, I go to pay him, and I'm like, and then I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask him. Yeah. So I walk away, and then like I remember every time we'd get a notice on the door, like we are fumigating for ter- termites. Yeah, Chris uh, the Chris Paul and Emily from our band, like grab that and like keep it. Like, yeah, <laughs> Chris Paul and sign that. <laughs> and then she, would, I think, then she, she would pay the rent every yeah, month. Every month, she'd be like, I'll pay the rent from now on. <laughs> I, hey, I like Return to Metalopolis. <laughs> I like Chasing the Sun. All his God, solo stuff is it. good. Next, we're gonna be talking about like Earth, Sun, Fire, whatever that Uli Roth. <laughs> I like that man. I'm into Earth, Fire, Wind, or whatever that shit's called. Anyway, there'll be some other confluence that will bring us together. Hey, this Next is time crazy. Plane, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. G5. We'll yeah. just rent one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is great. Okay, we did it. Yeah, done. We kind of we episode did. one. It's we a did. sense of accomplishment right there. <laughs> yeah, we did what we were supposed to do. Talk, start with talking about Metallica and see where it takes us. <laughs> and ended with Chris Poland in the circle jerks. <laughs> <laughs> As it does. <laughs> awesome. Awesome.